ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald. Good afternoon, this is Chickie Fitzgerald, and we are here with the author of a book called Kiss Your Dragons, and what a great title. And, you know, I love the whole concept behind this book. It is about radical relationships, bold heart sets, and changing the world. And that could not be more aligned with uh, the way that I run my business and, and uh, kind of my personal mantra. So. Let's welcome Sean Nason. Sean, why don't you tell us a little bit about your backstory? We don't necessarily want to know the uh, the bio, but but really, what brought you to the place where you wrote this amazing book? Well, first off, Chicky, thank you for um, allowing me to be on this. It's an honor and um, to share my story. Um, it, it's a little different, and I'll, I I sum it up into um, I think I'm in my fourth or fifth career. Um, so <laughs> my first career, um, I was a professional musician. Um, so I'm a trained jazz pianist and vocalist. Um, and when that time was done, um, and that and that work led me into some of the Christian music world and into the church world. Um, my second career was um, pastor. Um, so my wife and I were pastors for two um, And then the next career left us, uh, we lived in Orlando, Florida not far from where you are, Chicky. And um, for those of you that are watching the video, um, you'll see this big picture of a mouse behind me. And for those of you that are listening, um, my third career went into working for the Walt Disney Company. And it was an honor to work for that company for almost seven years. Um, and during that time, I was very, very fortunate to become a Walt Disney Imagineer. Um, and that is the creative space for Disney and learned so much about Disney, uh, worked in the cruise line, worked in the real estate space there. Um, but what's interesting is in that career, I actually became a finance person. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I have m my original bachelor's um, and all in music. And then I um, have a bachelor's in finance and a master's in finance. Wow. Um, and what? so, yeah, right. So here I am, I become this finance person, but I, I'm in an organization like Disney and a Walt Disney Imagineer um, where I got to learn so many concepts around innovation and so many um, concepts around guest experience, right? And was exposed to so many things in my world, um, which led to my next next career move, which I was recruited into um, healthcare out of all places and went to work for one of the big major four um, insurers in our country um, and helped stand up their strategic member experience and strategic innovation work, um, which led me into the next career change, which was higher ed. And that's a whole nother conversation we could have uh, <laughs> over wine, preferably. Yes. Uh, I've got a um, and I, I learned more in that 16 months than I had in my whole career. Uh, most importantly, I learned how to fail. And really that's where not knowing it, where kiss your dragons started to happen in my life. 
Um, and then in 2015, the end of 2015, started um, my own company, which is Mofi. Um, and that's when Man on Fire was born. And over the past five years is when this whole concept of Kiss Your Dragons has come to life. Well, very cool. I love so, how you yeah. describe uh, this as a journey, that the book itself is actually a journey. Help us understand that uh, as, as the foundation for delivering the information that you're talking about in the book. Yeah, so what's what's powerful is uh, I am the main author, but there are, I have two other co-authors, Michael Harper and Robin Glasgow, um, who, if you, if you looked at a spectrum of people in innovation and experience and in business, um, I am on one end, the complice, complete risk doesn't scare me, nothing. <laughs> on the other end is Michael, who ran from risk, like nothing risky. And then in the middle, we have Robin, um, who was a chief innovation officer in healthcare, who kind of balances in. And so the journey uh, of this is, is really, and I, I actually talk about it in the book where I say, it's an old Native American legend, Sioux legend. I'm a Native American, um, where it says the longest journey in life is from your head to your heart. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've heard people say, well, is it really that, Sean? And, and what I, what we really get at on this journey and what we're talking about is it's a life journey. And, and, you, and you mentioned it, Chicky, around the radical relationships, bold heart sets, and changing the world. Um, and that journey is not always a fun journey. It's not always an easy journey. Mm-hmm. Um, to go from your head to your heart, you know this. You 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 you're in the startup space. You've been CEO several times. Like it's not an easy journey always, but it's really fulfilling. Um, and, and we talk about in the book. You know, mindsets can change. You can, as you, I I would imagine you're a lifelong learner, like I am. You you learn, and your mindsets will change. What I have come to this conclusion in in my years as a pastor, and I still, um, I actually consider myself a pastor to the marketplace now. I don't pastor in four walls of a church, but I pastor in the marketplace, right? Is our heart and our heart sets are innately who we are as people. Um, And it's learning to lean in and kiss those things and to be comfortable in those things. So where did the uh, the whole framework around talking about dragons come from? Did you have a, a passion for dragons as a child? or No. So it's really interesting, Chicky. And, and um, I, I'll be completely transparent with the audience. Um, I, I wrote this book using a team. Um, and during the pandemic, Um, I flew to Florida, um, to Fort Myers, Naples, um, and the team um, blocked out six hours a day for four days. Um, And they said, we want you to do what you are most comfortable with, and we're just going to interview, and we're just going to talk. And so my comfortable place 
during the summertime during the pandemic was in a pool for six hours a day. Um, I was very tan um, when that when that journey ended. But through our conversations, um, we started someone mentioned a concept about um, well, so what are you saying, Sean, is that we need to slay our dragons. And I stopped and I, I said, no, actually, what we need to do is kiss our dragons. And then it came back to a movie. And if you've ever seen there's a three movie series called How to Train Your Dragon. Mm-hmm. And Hiccup is the young boy and Toothless is the dragon. And it, when you start in that journey of those movies, much like what we're talking about here on Heart Sets, dragons were something people feared. That right. culture feared dragons. And they actually slayed them. They killed them, right? Hiccup couldn't do it. Hiccup found Toothless and he leaned in and he built this relationship and he trained what I would say a radical relationship, right? The radical relationship, you know, everything you've been taught your whole life, you're going completely against, leans in, trains this dragon. And as you go to the end of the third movie, that whole society had changed and started using dragons as a piece of their society to do work. And they were friends with their, these dragons. And the whole, you know, the whole Viking society in the movie were riding dragons. <laughs> they no longer slayed them, right? So let's put that in today's time. We live in a really um, uh, separated, segregated, lots of things times. You know, we can't no one gets along, I won't say no one, but we have very big divides, right? Mm-hmm. And much of those big divides, and particularly in leadership and organizations, is because leaders are scared to lean into things that they fear the most. Um, and I talk in the book about my three-point sermon, um, and we joke about it um, a lot, because uh, Michael, who wrote the book, he's like, you only have one sermon, Sean. Um, and it's the sermon you preach everywhere you go. All the work we do as consultants that you, when you work with C-suites, when you work with COs, and, and it's a, a simple three-point sermon, is as a leader, you've got to be transparent. Um, so you have to tell your organization when things are good, when things are bad, when things are in shift. And we do a ton of work in um, strategy and growth and turnarounds. Right. And as you know, Chicky, that can be a very tumultuous time, right, for organizations. But if you go in and you're transparent, it doesn't make it easier, but at least they, they see you as a person. And so many times as leaders, you're not even seen as a person. Right. The second thing I say to people is you have to build relationships. Um, so when I worked in a building and when I go into organizations, I walk the floor. I say, hi, I know people, I get to know them. If you're a CEO of an organization, if you're in a C-suite, if you're a team leader, you need to build relationships. <laughs> so be transparent, build relationships. And the third one, I actually think is the hardest thing. As a leader, you have to love people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't like people, I, I just don't see how you can be a leader. Right. Right. You, you may be able to be, a manager, or, or you may be able to, 
to, but you have to love people in some capacity. It doesn't mean the business doesn't have to be done. Doesn't mean results. It's hard when we work in the turnaround space. It's hard because many times the work that we do affects people's lives. Um, you may have to lay people off. You may have to let people go to get the business turned around. Right. But if they know you're doing it in love because you've built a relationship and you've been transparent with them, it sometimes makes it just a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's well, and, and that in and of itself is a radical thought, right? So, so in the book, when you talk about getting radical, this isn't the um, concept of being radical to where you're being objectionable, right? For the sake of taking a contrary position, it's actually doing things that people don't expect because they are difficult, right? Which which really yep. leads into this whole issue of falling in love with the problem and kissing the dragon, right? Because you have to be able to embrace that which is the most difficult for you. And I can tell you in my own business, Sean, you know, I, I have been, uh, you know, I've sat at the feet of the technology masters. I mean, we were talking before uh, we started about Terry Jones and actually I was just looking on the wall. You can only see a portion of the picture, but this picture was actually taken by Terry's brother and uh, who is a photographer for National Geographic. And he, you really ought to look into what he does because what, what he does is he does storytelling out of the photos that he takes. And this particular photo, he had every day been going to this field and, and he had seen this gorgeous field of dandelions. And it was so beautiful, but like each day the lighting wasn't quite right, right? And, and then the day he finally shows up to take the picture where the lighting is beautiful, you can tell as he's driving there, he gets there and the field is full of puffballs, right? Which you're only seeing a half of the puffball. So he finds the beauty in the puffball, right? Yeah. He leans into his dragon because he's like, oh crap, you know, here I had been waiting, you know, for this gorgeous picture, you know, all of these yellow flowers and now I've got a field of puffballs. The puffball, um, yep. You know, but, but falling in love uh, with that problem, right? And making the best of a situation really is what this is about. And, and perhaps even pushing past that because the radical piece of this is actually really embracing what you know you really wanted to run from. And in my business, it's sales. Uh, you know, I really loathe sales, but without sales, a tech company can't do anything. Yeah. Right. Right. So, uh, and we talked uh, about, you know, with that, and I think I love that you brought that up, right? Like, I don't like sales either. Um, and, and in my company, you know, in Mophie, um, I realized, okay, if I don't like it, then I need to surround myself with someone who does like it. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And let them go build the initial relationship. So I can then go build the radical relationship. Yes. Um, and, you know, my mentor, a, a wonderful gentleman, his name's Sean Slavinsky. Uh, he's a innovator, disruptor um, in the healthcare industry. He, he's the man behind what is now known as Walmart Health um, and what Walmart's doing in the health space. He once said to me, he said, Sean, the best thing I ever did in my life is I learned that I needed to surround myself with people smart. 
So I don't like sales. That's a problem because uh, we don't have a business. You said it, right? So I, I surrounded myself with someone who likes sales, <laughs> I, right? We, uh, I'm not an executor. I'm an ideator. I needed to make sure I surrounded myself with someone and you read it in the book. Michael Harper is our executor. So uh, falling in love with the problem. And we talk about making sure you're falling in love with the problem and not the solution. And so many times as leaders and as corporations, C-suites fall in love with the initial solution and don't ever get to the real problem. And then that's why we come in and have to do turnaround work um, or we work in the experience space and, you know, the build it and they will come mentality doesn't work in an experience in a, in a consumer driven economy anymore. Um, mm -hmm. People need to understand customers and what customers want. So very much fall in love with the problem. Got it. But you talk about finding your dragon swarm, which is surrounding yourself with those people who are smarter and then instilling this bias toward action. And, and I love the metaphor of unleashing your inner fire, because again, uh, with the dragon, obviously the dragon is fire breathing, right? You wouldn't be a dragon worth your salt if you couldn't breathe fire, right? So how do we find that? I mean, I think the bias toward action is, is perhaps the easy part of that, but unleashing your inner fire. Talk to me about that. Yeah, and, and so uh, let's step back around the swarm because this is a key part. And, and, and I think you would agree with me in, in your career, in your life, Chicky, that, um, you know, I, I heard, I have some friends that say your vibe attracts your tribe. Well, typically, if your vibe attracts your tribe, you attract yourself to people of the same likeness, the same mindsets, the same goals, Right. Well, the whole concept of a swarm, if you read around dragon swarms, um, is that there's a diverse group of dragons that come together. They look different, they act different, they do things different. As an organization, and in today's time, if you surround yourself with people that look like you, act like you, think like you, what are you going to get? just another you, right? right. Definition of insanity, right? <laughs> like, right. So there's a real concept around swarm that leads to this bias towards action and unleashing that inner fire. Mm -hmm. I purposely, Robin and Michael and I are on the extreme spectrum in not only business, but in political, but in personal um, I purposely surround myself with people who act and think different than I do. Mm -hmm. When I do that, that actually allows me to unleash that inner fire. That allows me to move in and lean. Um, and, and I've, in 2021, I've made this commitment um, and it's around really unleashing your inner fire that I no longer agree to disagree with people. What I agree to do is respect people <laughs> um, because I need to hear differing opinions, different sides to make me a better person so I can unleash that fire. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the interesting thing about your background, well, there are many things that are interesting about it, but I, you know, I'm going to hone in on, on the pastor portion of it. Um, my father was a pastor. Uh, you know, I grew up uh, going to church, but didn't really have a personal faith 
until I turned 16. And I had been the ultimate rebel and the ultimate radical that uh, then became radical about my faith, right? So the interesting thing that uh, I am observing about you now is that you have understood you were in that, that mode of telling people from the pulpit, right? What you knew to be true. And now it seems like you've moved into a phase where you want to show them and not, Absolutely. right? And that's actually, there's actually more power in that. Uh, and, and this is the one thing about the church that I've seen, you know, throughout my life is the thing that people love to do is to point out when Christians don't live their values, right? That's really easy to find because we're all so fallible, right? But in, in actually becoming the dragon, right? In becoming yeah. that powerful force, it really is showing people and not just telling people what, what they want to hear. Yeah. And that's scary. Don't. Uh, that's scary right mm -hmm. uh, uh, and putting it in church today i just had this conversation a couple weeks ago um with our pastor i i, I fear that the church of america is going to die mm -hmm. because we have done nothing more than point and and tell people what they need to do and not lived it outside of the four walls yes. and it's not easy you know the reason I quit pastoring wasn't because I didn't love pastoring. It was because I, I worked within a, a, a space in the Christian church where if I cussed, well, you can't be a Christian. If, I, if you drink, you, oh, you, can't, you can't do this. You can't be a pastor. Well, guess what? I, I say shit. I say damn. Every once in a while I used to, um, I like wine. I, I like to have uh, drinks with friends. Um, doesn't mean I don't love the God that I serve or right. whoever, but if I live it, I do more. I have had more impact as a marketplace pastor than I ever had. I think in the church. Right. And well, scares and, me. And this, <laughs> and this last year has given us more opportunity. I mean, I'm the same way, like on the wall behind me is my story and it begins with the cross. Right. And, and I have been able to have more conversations because people are working from home and they would have conversations with me now that they wouldn't have had they been in an office, right? Oh, yeah. So, so you, you bring up, uh, after talk about really becoming the, the dragon, right? Becoming uh -huh. uh, the power that, that you want to be. You call out something that you call the big three. What, what is that? Yeah, and I, I actually have a T-shirt, and it, it's not here. Um, it, 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 this is really hard, especially for business people to take on. So the big three um, is a rule that we have. Um, and when we're teaching um, people to disrupt and to think differently, um, we, we, we end with this because it's actually um, a mindset that you have to have do no harm um the second one is break rules but not laws and the third one is proceed until apprehended interesting and so far i've never been apprehended <laughs> um I, we've worked a lot i worked a lot of my life in the business world in healthcare. i'm not going to break laws i don't want to do things that cost people to I or do something 
wrong there. Um, but what it's getting at in the big three is get out of the no mindset, mm-hmm. right? Um, and my first book I wrote, um, Chicky, was called The Power of Yes and Innovation. Mm. Um, and this summer we're getting ready to launch the Power of Yes Institute, um, which is going to be training and development around these mindsets and We've built curriculum for people that are interested around Kiss Your Dragons as well. But it is this mindset to say, I believe as leaders, particularly C-suite, that our job is to remove barriers and to get shit out of the way so people can do their what they're hired to do. Right. My job is not to answer 600 emails a day. My job is not to tell you how to do sales. My job is not to tell you how to run the operation. As the CEO of my company, if I don't have people that do that, then they better get their resumes together and go go work someplace else, right? My job is to be the visionary and to remove barriers and set direction. Mm -hmm. Imagine if if more C-suites would do that today and get out of the day-to-day and get out of the weed, right? So that's where I say, my job is to help to tell people, do no harm, break rules, not laws, and go, run, and proceed until apprehended. Got it, got it. Well, I love that. And, and you know, I think about with what what's going on in our country and and how people are very, very, no matter what side you're on, right? Very, very frustrated with what's going on at at the the top level of our country with our federal government. Uh, There's this whole movement toward uh, living local, right? We haven't heard that for a long time. We've been so busy living global, right? That we haven't really thought about living local, and you know, I, I think it's very interesting again to, to take a look at how you uh, bring the story of the book uh, back to soaring with dragons, right? I mean, the the cool thing about dragons wasn't just that they were big and they had fire, right? They could fly, <laughs> and and so how do we soar, right? And, and, you know, again, I think these three rules are a great foundation for being able to do that because you have to break uh, some rules, right? The, the normal rules of aerodynamics for this big, you know, enormous creature, right, to take off is just, that's radical all by itself. Yeah, you know, um, I, I'm going to go back to what I said something earlier around the, the statement around I no longer choose to agree to disagree with people, right? Mm -hmm. But what I've chosen to do and what I choose to do every day is respect people. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't, uh, what, and I'm going to put it pretty simple. I grew up in a political family. I was a politician. Um, And I'll admit, I guess my blinders to some things politically over the past years have been because of how I grew up, because I was taught that no matter if you were Republican, if you were Democrat, um, if you're a Christian, if you're a Catholic, if you're a Buddhist, whatever it is, right, right, that you respect people. Um, And it goes back to that three-point sermon, 
be transparent, build relationships, love people. Right. What would happen? That to me is soaring. What would happen if we just did that today in our everyday life? How different would our world be? I, I, I believe my heart, my gut, and I'm a gut person. Um, I believe we would live in a very different world today. Um, well, I, I absolutely agree with that. And, and we do have to get back to that place where we do soar. And again, yeah. I think that this book uh, has really laid a great foundation. And of course, we can't cover enough of it, uh, you know, in a 30 minute interview. Yeah. But what we have been talking about this morning uh, is Kiss Your Dragons, Radical Relationships, Bold Heart Sets, and Changing the World. And our guest this morning has been Sean Mason. Sean, if folks would like to learn more about what you're doing in your organization, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Really easy. Sean Nason, that's with an N, not an M, um, dot com. So www.seannason.com um, leads to my personal um, page where there's the book stuff. And within there, you can find out about our company, which is Mofi, M-O-F-I dot C-O, not mm-hmm. dot com, but dot C-O, Mofi.co. Um, but if you just go to seannason.com, it can direct you to all of that. Um, would love to have conversations um, around this. That's what I'm about. I, open conversations. Let's be transparent. Um, you, we talk about it. Let's blow shit up, right? And, um, and challenge the status quo. And that's what I'm here to do and want to do. Well, great. That's what, that's the air that I breathe, Sean. So you're speaking my language. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. Those of you who are listening on demand, we appreciate your support and please go out and buy Sean's book. Uh, I think you will really love it. I I didn't mention, I have uh, just a passion for how books are laid out and uh, absolutely love the visuals on this book. Uh, Again, lots of margin space for those of you who like to write in the margins. (laughs) And uh, it's just beautiful. It, it's yeah, I joke with people, Chicky, and I've got my copy. Um, uh-huh. And those that are watching on demand, you see all of my post-its. Um, even <laughs> I still take notes in my own story and journey because I'll read something and go, oh, but this is applies to today. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sean, thank you so much for your time today. And I just hope you have a super weekend. Thank you. All right, go out and change your game today and kiss those dragons. You've been listening to The Game Changer. Ideas, inspiration, innovation with Chickie Fitzgerald.